Good afternoon and welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. Later this month, we have the opportunity to participate in an at-home working meditation retreat. And as such, we thought it would be fun to hear from someone who has had the experience of doing just that. So welcome, Laura. Thank you for being with us to talk about your experience. Thank you so much, Jen. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, me too. So yeah, tell us, what has been your experience of participating in an at-home working meditation day? Well, there are actually three things, uh, three benefits okay. for me, and uh-huh. well, I'm projecting for other people who participate. And the first one, um, way back when, when I first started doing the at-home retreats, was the, um, because I live quite far from the monastery, and mm-hmm. um, there used to be weekend working retreats at the monastery, and I couldn't participate right. in them. So when the at-home retreats were offered, um, I was able to have that connection with Sangha Mm. that Mm. was um, really important for a number of reasons. Uh Uh-huh. So that's such a great point. So even when when we were able to gather in person, remember those days, (laughs) you weren't able to come to the, the shorter things that were available because it's such a long journey. And so when the virtual opportunity arose, you thought, perfect, that's a way that I can have the working meditation practice without being there in person. Exactly. And, and feeling connected and being connected. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. Um, and what I started off doing at the beginning was choosing projects that were being presented as difficult and challenging and boring and hard and all of those kinds of conditioned um, orientations Uh because Uh I knew that the support of Sangha would help me move through whatever it was that, um, you know, whatever it was that came up. Yeah, it's so perfect, isn't it? So there's conditioning tells us it's going to be hard, it's going to be boring, it's going to be whatever it is, which is a cue to realize, oh, okay, well, there's, some, there's a process going on around this. And so once you realize that, then to realize, oh, well, that's a perfect um, project to work on because I'll have the support of Sangha to move through all of this resistance that ego is attempting to put up against it. Exactly. And what I discovered by, um, well, a couple of things again, putting the spotlight on the messages of conditioning really brought them to the forefront. And since a part of the retreat is recording and listening, or the workshop, um, you know, that was just so perfect to, mm-hmm. to get conditioning under the magnifying glass and just see the process in detail. Oh, that's so great. So it sounds like participating in the days, not only did you know you needed the support, but it also gave you that support partly in the form of really bringing to the surface, well, what is going on here? What are the conversations that are happening around us? What is the, that all gets brought to the surface, particularly through recording and listening through the day with it? Mm-hmm. And then I was able to see, well, what is my real experience and what is true for me and, um, and of course it turned out, and it, as it always turns out is, it doesn't matter what the content is, um, because when I am present, it's all good. 
so big. That is so big. So really getting to see through these days, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter what the content is. No matter what it is, it's okay. It's all good. Mm-hmm. And so the, you know, the, the projects that I thought were difficult or boring or whatever they were, they all turned out to be fun. And it mm-hmm. turned out that I was adequate to completing them. Even if I didn't Boy, complete them during the retreat, right? Or oh, oh, retreat, exactly. Was, yeah, yeah. Which I, I think is a piece of it, right? Is that, you know, we're told, well, you know, it has to happen in a certain time frame and blah, blah, blah. But when you catch on to the process in the way that you're describing, then I've kind of got this process momentum. And then mm-hmm. now that I've got that, I can keep on with this project or, or apply it anywhere else going forward. Exactly. And I have all the support I need. I have all the resources I need. And it's mm. really fun, which yeah. is, the, yeah. <laughs> which is the, the fun takeaway is um, you know, something that, that was being presented perhaps as you know, not as grueling or whatever, turns out to be fun because I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, exactly. It turns out to be fun because I'm here for it. <laughs> so that's really essentially, I mean, that's what we're always practicing is being here. But in this particular context, we're practicing being here with tasks, being here with going around doing the activities of our lives. You know, it's funny, Laura, it hadn't occurred to me until we're having this conversation. What a beautiful, perfect um, kind of assistance to our recent focus in the year-long retreat, right? We had those, those weeks on working meditation, and now we have a, a chance to kind of huddle back together and practice with it with a particular thing for a whole day. Right. It just fits so nicely together, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. yeah. So, so now when I do the um, the uh, at home working workshops, um, Mm -hmm. there's no distinguishing between um, fun tasks and grueling tasks, or or Mm -hmm. enjoyable or not enjoyable. It's just Mm -hmm. whatever comes up at Mm -hmm. the time. um, Mm -hmm. The practice is to be present. To that and, mm. and aware of the, pro, uh, the process. Mm. So whatever comes up at the time, so it sounds like signing up for it and then just waiting to see, okay, well, what does life present? And realizing that those distinctions that conditioned mind would want to make, I like this, this is fun, oh, this is grueling, this is boring, I hate this, that those distinctions start to fall away and you realize, you know, I can pick whatever's here to pick, whatever's up right now, and practice having fun with that. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and as you say, there's that the support of our own recording and listening practice during the day, and also getting to hear from sangha. You know, that's always for me such a fun part of it. Is you know hearing what other people are working with and what they're working on and what they're seeing through the for, through all of that. Mhm. Yeah, it's just this um, lovely shared experience. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, because, you know, back to the old, again, just very much like the year-long retreat and the radio shows where everything everyone calls in to talk about is something that I can relate to. 
on some level. And mm-hmm. often something that, you know, maybe someone's looking at it in a way that I hadn't thought to look at it. Or someone chooses to work with something that it never occurred to me to work with. Yes, exactly, exactly. So benefiting from others' experiences is a huge part of the, yeah, a huge part of the workshops as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Benefiting from other folks' experiences. Yep. Yeah. So we have um, one of those on the docket. I'm sure Michael will have that on his announcements. I think it's coming up at the very end of this month. Um, so, yeah, we're hoping that folks will jump in and kind of one of those the more the merrier kind of activities. Yes, I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Even as you're talking, Laura, actually, it's funny because I'm having some things drop in. <laughs> it hadn't occurred to me to choose on this particular topic. You know, those places, as you were talking about a minute ago, those places where it hides out, like, no, I don't want to do that one. That's too hard or that's too boring or that's too. And often those are great ones to pick because, as you point out, we have all of that support. To do it. And what I've noticed is if I choose uh, one of these ones that I'm being told I shouldn't choose for the, um, work, for the workshop, the next time that cycles around in my life to do, I am much more excited about doing it and I have enthusiasm and confidence and all of, you know, all of these kinds of things um, because it's no longer the same old, same old. That's such a great point. That is such a great point. So not only do I maybe, you know, get the task done, but also there's a huge process win in it because it's something that I, you know, I was getting talked into dreading or however you would talk about that. And now instead it's something that I'm looking forward to because I've proven to myself it's completely not what I'm told that it is, that I can actually, you've used the word fun a number of times, that I can actually have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been my experience. It's so great. Well, thank you, Laura. Thanks for being with us this afternoon to talk about it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Go happy. Go happy. Bye-bye. And Michael, we'll turn the show over to you. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Laura. Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air. And good afternoon, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. I really enjoyed that conversation. And for me, I really got a sense of Sangha, the Sangha experience from those kind of workshops. Yes, and the, the Sangha experience and that ability to look at a process, look at process. Right. I mean, it's yes. not just about getting things done in working meditation, but being able to look at how one stops from working on it, how urgency plays in the process, how does procrastination. It's just a, it's just such a delightful container within which not to just do something that you want to do, get to do, choose to do practice doing because you don't feel like doing it, whatever the, whatever the, the content, <laughs> right? The yes. ability to see our yes. process around it. Yeah. Yes. Fabulous. And I have announcements here. Okay. Great. As they were just talking about, bring conscious, compassionate awareness to your Saturday tasks 
or any project you choose at our at-home working meditation retreat on May 29th. Projects are a lot more enjoyable when we do them with Sangha, so join us for a day of fun and awareness. And if we acknowledge our Buddha nature, we can live in Gasho with the Buddha nature of all life. In our new group coaching offering, A Journey to Zero Waste, participants will train to bring conscious awareness to our habitual orientation towards stuff. The four-week virtual class will meet on Mondays starting June 14th. Well, and that's a really exciting offering, Michael, because at the monastery, we're really, really attempting to go to that notion of zero waste, right? Everything that we purchase, we we are able to return back to the earth, uh, bring such conscious awareness into, and we've always done it, whether we've done it in the garden or extending it to what we buy and uh, what we have. And so it's, while it's very much a process offering, right, where we get to examine our process around stuff, there's also a whole bunch of practical tips on how we would go about getting to, to living a zero-waste lifestyle if we choose to do that and what would stop us from all the stuff the voices will do to stop us from moving down that path, right? Just like Laura was saying, it's too difficult, it's too hard. So it'll be a very, very interesting one to participate in. Yes, that sounds fabulous. What I heard you say was, process, of course, and also the practicalities of the content. Yes, and it's what Sherry, you know, Sherry wrote in her blog about compassionate action, and this Hmm. would be an example of compassionate action, right? If I choose to lead, uh, not to lead a harmful life, how do I explore living a life where there's no harm done to the planet as a consequence of how I live in consumption, and exploring that is just a, a marvelous way to bring awareness to that and potentially to change the way I live. Yes, yes, that sounds fabulous. And a few reminders for today's show. Uh, you can make a show to indicate your desire to talk with Ashwini by pressing star six and then one. And a conversation on one topic, please, in about five minutes is fabulous. Okay, Ashwini, I think we are ready here. Great. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Ashwini. Hello, Michael. This is Tom in Texas. Hi, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hello. It's nice to hear your voices and good to be on. And I'd like to always start by saying thank you so much for this practice. It's uh, obviously life-changing and I am so grateful. So thank you for that. Um, and this is a procedural question, Ashwini, and I'm glad, so happy that, that you and I are able to talk. Um, there's a little humor in here, I think, I hope. Um, so so in, our, in our daily recitation, and um, when, when I start every meditation, um, I start as, as we would in, in a monastery um, with I'm here to end suffering and, um, and go through that. And then I get to the point in that where it says, I'll use everything in my experience to, to see how I cause myself to suffer so I can drop that and end suffering. And in practicing, um, 
I found um, that I've changed that to um, see how I am caused to suffer. So instead of um, you know, the, the I, instead of me causing me, it's the ego causing me to suffer. So how I am caused to suffer. So, so I'm, I'm asking, is there, is there, has, has, has there ever been thought to change the words or, or I just want your take on, on, you know, how you interpret that. So good question, Tom. Let me ask you this. What caused you to change it? Um, every time that I've at least called into the show or heard the show, Sherry and you, um, if it says, uh, oh gosh, I'm beating myself up. No, you're not. You're, you're being beat up. Okay. You're not, you're not, you're not the one. And so every time, and I love it, um, it's changed everything in my, in my experience. So you know what? I'm, I'm suffering, uh, but I'm being caused to suffer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you say that the, the shift in the language is, the, is to assist you to see that it's another disidentification process, right? Because all of our practice is basically looking at uh, knowing the difference between ego and life and that we don't want to identify with the ego. So there's a way in which I could say, uh, if I say I'm beating myself up, then I'm identifying with self-hate rather than saying the beatings occur. Is that correct? What, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And is it interesting uh, for you, Tom, to look at the process that wants to change it? Um, yes. Yes, and, I, and, I, and I'm enjoying that. I'm, in, that. I'm sorry? Say a little bit more about that. Yes, I'm enjoying that. And that um, it, it, why it's been really fun to explore. Um, how do I get stuck there? How do, how do, I, how do I then, um, because of words, um, end up in a debate about the language, right? Um, because it's not about the language. Um, and so I've really enjoyed looking at that and dropping that and realizing that, um, that it really doesn't matter, you know, what I say in the resuscitation or someone else may say. Um, it's really about being present to noticing, um, you know, what's going on. So um, it's been, I've made it a part of my practice because it comes up every time I say it. And, and, I know, and now I know that ego is using it to, to somehow try and draw me out of just sitting and being with the words. It's been so really the fun is, is not the right word, but funny um, to notice and pay attention and, and then just get back to the breath, right? So yes. I've used it as yes. a practice opportunity. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, Tom, the, as you say, at some level, so there's so many levels of the whole thing, right? So there, there's a reason why in sitting meditation in this practice, we don't close the eyes and we sit with, you know, in the cosmic mudra. There's a, a, a whole uh, set of experiences that have guided us to the structure that gets created for us to practice within, let's just say. And the strong encouragement is not to, um, 
is not to challenge the structure, but to accept the structure because that, the, the structure being immovable allows us to see so much that comes up for me around what wants the structure to move, right? How I want it to be. The way the ego gets reflected is because the structure is sacrosanct, right? Whether yeah. I agree with the structure or I don't agree with the structure, the fact that I accept and follow the structure is my best opportunity to see anything that wants to resist, challenge, change uh, the structure, and therefore it allows me to see how I'm controlled by it. Right? Beautiful. Right? Yeah. And so one of, at one level... The, the way the, something is given to us, like the daily recollection or the short recitation or sitting posture or how we use language in practice or how the guide would, will say, will you turn and face this way, please? There's a very specific reason those words are articulated in the way they're articulated. And one way to surrender ego is to be able to accept the structure, even if I don't agree with it, I don't understand it, and trust that that process of surrender will assist me to come to, will, re, will reveal the wisdom in it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that there's one level at which no one in, in this practice will say, you've got to do something, Tom, or this, is, this has to be done this way, right? We're always <laughs> invited in an exploration around everything that's there in practice. And no one in this practice will say, oh, you're very welcome to change the words of the daily recollection and say it however you choose, because that's not the point either, right? And so the point that you're bringing, bringing here is so important where there is the exploration of why you say it a certain way, you've said it a certain way, and then you say it a different way, and, and watching what goes on for you, because it's not about whether you say it this way or you don't say it this way. It's about being aware of the reasons why I want it to be different or I want it to be the same or en I enjoy it that way, right? Right. No, so very right. It's another opportunity to practice. Um, it's yes. just great. And the way you framed it in, in, in the context of other, um, um, other rules or whatever you want to call them that we practiced by, um, it's exactly the same thing. It's perfectly reframed um, and, and a great opportunity to, to look and see. And yes, it's back to, um, and it's not that there's something wrong, but, but it's, it's in that camp of there's something wrong, uh, right? Uh, you know, and so just looking at that, something wrong. Um, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Um, and, it's so, so it's, and again, it's so nice to, 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 to not take any, any credit or blame for any of it. You know, it's just, it's just, what, it's just what's happening. And, and, and so and, and ego has come in and, and grabs that one phrase in an, effort, in, in an effort to distract. And it's so nice to see it. Um, so thank you so much for those words. Well, and that, may I come? Yes. May I come? Something that you said is so, it's, it's triggered something else for me, which is that thing about, we don't have to take credit or blame. I mean, there is a Buddhist practice where we recite, I take blame for everything in the universe. Uh -huh. And I take responsibility for all the sins in the world. 
and I, I give all the credit for everything to the world. And the reason we practice with that is because of the levels we're talking about, right? There is one, once you know that you're not the ego, then there is no problem saying how I caused myself to suffer because the words are not getting taken in identification. So at the first level, I'm just, I'm, I'm saying the words without, because I'm, because that's the way the words are said. Then I have all of this exploration and I get to this place of complete disidentification. Then it doesn't matter if all the sins in the world are attributed to me because <laughs> I know I'm not that, right? I can joyfully yeah. say it and know that when, when, that it, at some level it is true and at some level it's absolutely not true. And therefore, I'm just reciting the words in, in the place of having both those perspectives. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's brilliant. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, very cool. All right, go, Happy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Tom. And that was a brilliant conversation, Ashwini. And what dropped in for me, I remember uh, hearing sometime that practice doesn't need to get ready for me, but rather I need to get ready for practice. And uh, it just, it, it, that kind of echoed to me what you were, you and Tom were talking about there. Yeah, it, it's really that thing that the Buddha said, right? Uh, don't believe me, have your own experience. Mm, yes. And yes. the maturity with which we come to that evolves over time with our experience, right? At first, yes. you start with, okay, this, this is the structure. I'm working in the structure. I explore the structure, and then I come back, and I see the value of the structure, right? And then, then there's freedom in the fact that I follow the structure. Yes, yes, definitely. And we have another caller here. Great. Thanks, Michael. Sure. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Yes. Hello. This is Barbara from Chicago. Hi, Barbara. Hey, Barbara. Hello. Um, I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm really bound in this um, uh, suffering or struggle around participating and calling in, even though I'm calling in right now. Um, I'm. Well, then you've got to say you're not bound by it, right, Barbara? Yeah, I don't want to be. I can say I don't want to be bound <laughs> by it, so that's uh -huh. why I'm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I just, and I know, I, I clearly know that this is not just about participating and in calling into the radio show, but there's, uh, it's just, it, I, I'm just seeing so much about it that um, like one thing is that I, I'm not available to call like every morning, even though I'm in the, the retreat, I can only call very rarely. And if I don't do it, it puts enough time in between the opportunities to call that it keeps me in this state around it. You know what I mean? It's like it keeps, I, I never, it never gets easy, easier, I should say. And I really, and then there's a voice that says it should be easier. It shouldn't be so hard or, you know, I don't know. There's so many conversations about it. And I just, 
I just so want to be free of this and be be here, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so let me see if I uh, if I'm following right. So first of all, the heart the the heart's desire, the practitioner's uh, you know objective is to participate wholeheartedly. This is your practice. This is your life. This is what you want to be part of, right? So that's Absolutely. there. Yeah, that's very that's completely there. And you're recognizing that there's suffering around it, right? Because even though that's what you want to do, that's what you would choose to do, this process interferes with it. And, the, and, and there's a lot of attention and, uh, uh, that you're bringing to the process, right? And to look at, well, how does this happen? And it's really yeah. clear to you when you look at it, how it happens. So the clarity is, if, first of all, I'm not able to do it regularly. And if I don't do something regularly, then I get talked out of doing it because the resistance that I feel towards doing it grows in proportion. So if I was able to do something over and over and over again regularly, then you wear away the resistance so that the next time becomes easier. But mm-hmm. in your case, because you're not allowed, you're, you can't get on the show in the mornings, if there is that time, then the level of resistance you have to overcome increases and therefore it does feel difficult for you to put yourself in the queue yeah i mean it it just stays it just feels like it's the same you know even though um you know can yeah it just it just and there's this idea that um it should be easier than it is yeah and yeah i shouldn't have any resistance at all and you know there's that yeah so so that's a very that's the important piece uh, also right that the conversation that you're listening to is it feels hard, but it shouldn't be hard. If you were a better person, then it wouldn't be that hard and it should get easier, right? So mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, 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 that's just pure, pure self-hate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so let, let me ask you this, Barbara. You don't want to be bound by Have you? So I always look at anything in practice as, it, as what, how do I train with it? right? Mm-hmm. Because everything, we could train with everything. So once you identify, here's the suffering, here's what I want, here's what I really, here's the behavior that I want to practice, and here's how I get talked out of practicing with it. I mean, how to, here's how to talk out of the behavior, then I can train with it, because it's very clear. This is what I want to do, this is how I'm stopped from doing it. So then how do I train to choose mm-hmm. what I want to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. And so have you practiced with that in some well, way? Well, that's, that's, I have two opportunities a week <laughs> to call in, you know, live. Uh-huh. And I really want to do, take every, and I, and I get talked out of that. Every, you know, it could be, and then it'll be another week or something. So um, I, I just, I want to, I want to call in, and I'm also clear, I've also seen this, that it doesn't matter if I'm selected or I'm on, on, the, on live or not, that it's just, it's just me showing up, you know, that's really important, and just to con- consistently do that, so yes, um, and I made that commitment to myself today, and I just, but I could feel it feels like wrestling, you know? Yes. To get to actually, you know, and even when I'm sitting in the queue, I could, I feel myself want to take myself out of the queue and then I know I'll get beaten up. You know, it's just, I, it's just such an, so and then there's, here's, here's one way to work with it, Barbara, for now, right? The first step, it looks like you've made the commitment. 
twice a week to be able to get on the radio show, right? So these mm-hmm. are the times, and I'm going to commit to doing it. Mm-hmm. So the couple of things that we, and it sounds like the, the task is made really, really difficult because even if you keep your commitment, what you're told is it has to feel a certain way. You can't, it has to feel easy. It, you can't struggle. You can't mm-hmm. feel the resistance, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. This is the example that Cherry often gives. You know, we, we, you are, if you clean your room, you don't get any credit for it because if you don't clean your room with a cheerful attitude, then it, it doesn't count, mm-hmm. yeah. right? But you did clean your room. The beha- so the first behavior is to show up mm-hmm. and, and just watch everything that arises for you when you do that. Mm-hmm. So if you make the commitment and don't show up, you get to see everything that prevented you from getting on. Uh, getting on. And if you show up and there's a conversation about how it should be and how you should feel and uh, how, this, how this needs to be easier, you just watch that too. Mm-hmm. So to basically the practice is simply showing up, not yeah. showing up without a voice in your head telling you what, how you need to be experiencing showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you practice yeah. with that for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. Just let it go because there's a payoff. Even if you, the, the payoff of the conversation is to make you miserable uh, rather than celebrate, letting you celebrate the fact that you're keeping your commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see it. I see it all. It's all very familiar. <laughs> and I'm, That's exactly yeah. right. So then, yeah. so then you can, you know, do that for a month, two months, mm-hmm. where you just mm-hmm. show up both those times. You don't, mm-hmm. don't let a voice talk you out of getting into the queue. Mm-hmm. And then you're in the queue and you watch mm-hmm. all of that conversation come up. And then perhaps the month after that, we can, we can work on a training mechanism where the attention is on the, the words that are being said, right? So mm-hmm. I reflect mm-hmm. everything someone is saying on the call so that my attention is not on the voice that's telling me how I want to feel on the call. And we can train with that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say I'm in. And then I, you know. Yes, you are in. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't want to say it. You yeah, are I know in, I, right? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm saying, I'm yeah, you are in. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And you understand you're against a worthy opponent who's mm-hmm. not going to give you the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you've got to take it. Yeah, yes, I know. Yeah, I know. I, I just, yeah, I, I feel like I don't know. They're just. I get a, sometimes I get a lot of images around the practices. You know, they could come up visually for me, and there's like a little kind of superhero part. You know, just this yeah. part that's that's fighting for this life. You know, fighting for the heart. Yeah. Fight, you know, and that's you know that's that's the part that's the one who's calling in. Yes, well, and spiritually speaking, right, uh, Barbara, it's what we were talking about with Tom. I want, I, my whole um, practice is based on identifying with all that I am, not mm-hmm. all that I'm not. Mm-hmm. So in that struggle to uh, be that which is willing, that which is sincere, that which is joyful, that, what, that which is participating, that's what is compassionate, that's what you're doing by showing up and staying on the call and eventually refusing to listen to a conversation that says, 
there's something wrong with you because this is not cheerful and this is not easy and this is not a, a joyful process for you. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. You, if we don't listen to the content of it, if we stop believing what it's saying, then we have a chance to experience what we truly are, truly mm-hmm. are, and that is really your practice, right? Mm-hmm. I choose yeah. not to identify with that program that says who I am and what's wrong with me, and choose to be or to choose the practice of being what is me. Mm-hmm. Choose the practice of being what is me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what yeah. animates me. What animates me. Yeah, thank Which you. Which is present and has no issues about difficulty or ease or how you should be or what's wrong with you or any mm-hmm, of those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. your oh. practice is not to, not, to, not to get to the standard that's idealized by ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That it should be a different way or feel simple or whatever, however it's supposed to be. Exactly supposed to be different yeah, than it right. is. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Mm. Now you get to have your experience of how it is, not yeah. how ego thinks it, it, it needs to be. Yeah. And in, you do that by watching what it thinks it needs to be and going, okay, well, that's what you think it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not how yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Ashwini. Thanks, Barbara. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Barbara and Ashwini. The courage is awe-inspiring to me. Mm, It's amazing. Just fabulous. Just fabulous. And Ashwini, we're going to hear from our recording and listening program, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Recording and listening is one of the most powerful tools for ending suffering. RL is based on a radical idea that rather than being lost in a conversation and conditioned mind, we can live in a conversation about what's true, what's real, what's arising in life in the moment. With recording and listening, we develop the powerful skill of directing the attention enabling us to access the wisdom, love, and compassion that is our authentic nature. We have a six-week virtual class to train in this amazing tool and experience its benefits. Sangha who have taken this class are saying that learning to direct the attention opens up endless possibilities and so often provides clarity and hope. Others report that finding refuge in my own voice and strengthening the awareness of the mentor is both transformative and powerful. Now is a great time to sign up with a recording and listening trainer. This class is perfect for brand new folks and old timers alike. To sign up with an individual trainer, simply email rltrainer at livingcompassion.org. Please check the website for quarterly group classes as well. Experience the joy of presence with the support of recording and listening. Welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, we have another caller here. 
Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Michael. Hi, Ashwini. This is Kelsey in Santa Rosa. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, Kelsey. Hi. I am just parking and going to turn my car off, but I don't think that should affect. Uh, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, I um, yeah was in a I guess pretty similar to the last caller the same thing I have uh, one morning a week that I can call in live and and then this show and um, keep committing to calling in just when it putting myself in the queue when I can and then getting talked out of it mm. um, and hello and what have you seen about that Kelsey? Um, I think that I experience a lot of undulations of practice, and I will have a lot even within one day. A lot of um, the conditioning has been kind of strong lately. They're just um, uh, situations coming up. Um, So, so let me make sure I'm following. So there's a, you experience undulation in practice, and by that you mean that there's uh, there's an oscillation between identification and disidentification, or that you sometimes are able to keep your practice commitments and sometimes you're not. I think that it is both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've um, I've been pretty good about keeping, you know, my meditating, enjoying the virtual meditation in the mornings. I, I rarely miss those. Um, so that's, and I follow the assignments on the year-long retreat, but then I will forget, you know. I, and then it, it just seems like within even a day, it's... Um, I guess what I mean by that, you know, is I'm dropping in and out of presence uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. a lot during the day. And a lot of times when it would be time to call into the radio station or, or to call in, it's just a time when I haven't been feeling very present and my my thoughts feel muddled and it's just like I don't even know what I would say. I think that's what happens. And when I'm when I'm feeling present and I have an opportunity to call in, I just call in. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. So, yeah, I'm just trying to follow along here, right, Kelsey? Because what you're what you're finding too is something that everybody goes through. It's not it is, it, you know, we practice this whole of the, the all the year long retreat assignments is attempting to bring attention to awareness in every aspect of our lives, right, as, aware, as professional right. awareness practitioners. And so the practice is to attempt to be aware, have attention on awareness in every aspect of our lives, not to yeah. be perfect in doing that. <laughs> so yeah. we all oscillate the, in and out of uh, of. Practice, I, that, right? I, that I understand. I think um, what makes it feel a bit extreme 
dream to me is that one of my um, really, really strong patterns, probably one of my strongest ones, is um, to just not want to be here a lot of the time. Like really, like um, it's not even just not being present in terms of really being aware of what I'm doing when I'm doing it, but just as, as kind of in, getting involved in um, addictive behaviors that just take me away. And um, I end up just often not being able to very do very much in my day even. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so there is. Uh, so when I'm when is, I'm not present, what I mean is that I'm really not not present in mm-hmm. you know just even in terms of basic life. Sometimes it feels like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and this is a pattern that you've noticed a lot, right? That the, the 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 way in which the voices work on you is to distract you to the point of uh, causing you to do things that are that don't take care of you. Not just uh, right, yeah. Undulations in and out of whether or not you meditate or not. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. Um, and um, the thing is, with practice, is that I really can drop into presence more regularly than I used to be. So the contrast, mm-hmm. I think, can be a lot. Like I'm just wow, I'm really present, and I can see that all these. Uh, I don't know. It, it's very. It, it's a little bit. Um, it's a little bit jarring, but it's it's kind of hard working with kind of a lifelong pattern of being uncomfortable in my body or with my feelings in a way that just you know causes me to escape a lot and just you know. So so it's. I mean, I, I know everybody has trouble being present in their life. I just feel like. I have such a um, such lifelong habits of intentionally really not being present. Um, when I was younger, you know, like just reading and reading and reading and reading and reading all day long, you know, Rita. Um, well, it sounds, but it sounds like Kelsey that you're very committed not going there. And what you've noticed is that with practice, when you keep your meditation commitment, or you call, call into the radio show, when you surround yourself with supports that call you back to being here, there's yeah. a way in which showing up for them allows you to have the strength to interrupt those, pa- uh, those um, patterns of unconsciousness, right? Yes, so yeah, it feels, it's hard to deal yeah. with the pattern. It's jarring when you drop off the cliff when you've been present for a while and have been showing up for yourself. And it is it's disappointing, it, too. It's well, that's a good thing. That's a really interesting piece of information, right? So somebody feels tremendously disappointed that they have uh, they have listened to the voices and gone off. So have you recorded and listened around that, about those feelings of disappointment? Yes, I, I do. Um, those are times when I can have trouble um, reaching the mentor. I think I, almost a performance anxiety or just something comes in that I'm, not trusting that that real voice, you know, sometimes I just feel like I'm getting an ego voice that's pretending to be the meek mentor or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why we want to practice, right? Because we sort of, a couple of ways to just practice with that, right? Kelsey is, yeah. make a recording with, with 
about all of the reasons you enjoy being here, all of the yeah. things that work in your life uh, because you're here when you don't go into those unconscious places, right? So, if you had, uh-huh. so, so uh-huh. There's a, it's available to you and you keep listening to uh, all of the reasons for being here. And so it, it becomes uh, sort of a, a way to get in touch with what will motivate me to continue to go up against the program that wants me to go unconscious, right? Or can talk me to go yes. unconscious because I choose to be yeah. here. And I'm in, a li- I'm, in a, I'm in a lifetime of interrupting that pattern. I'm wherever I am with it, grateful when I'm here, aware that I could be talked into going unconscious at any time, but recommitting every time that happens to continue to keep doing the things that will allow me to be here and having the patience and the compassion for the person who has the willingness to do that. Yeah. Right? Because otherwise, I project what the conversation of disappointment leads to is, well, you're practicing and it works a little bit of the time, but really you can't prevent this addiction and I have complete control over you to jerk you away from your yeah. life anytime I want. And then you go, oh my God, that's true. And, and then, you know, what's the point and all of the... And so that's to interrupt exactly. that conversation, yeah. right? To basically go yeah. to here now, I'm awake. I'm aware of that pattern. I'm going to recommit to being here to all the things that I can do and as you've noticed, when you started practice, unconsciousness was, was a habit and you could be gone for a couple of years. But with consistent practice, with commitment, with support, with structure, with willingness, with sincerity, you've been able to get to a place where you can even say, wow, I can see those unconscious patterns. I don't want to do those unconscious patterns. I'm even successful not choosing those uh, conscious pattern. So you keep doing the thing that will assist you to be stronger than ego will be. And yeah. because you're worth it, you're committed to doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I think just not looking, I think sometimes I'm looking to, I don't, something the last caller, I, I don't remember what it was, but it made me think, um, you know, like one of the days when I was not in that pattern and I was able to really get a big thing done that I've been meaning to do forever and, you know, it should have felt good. It was like it still didn't. And so I realized I'm still looking to, it's like I'm still trying to please those voices in some way. And so maybe that's part of where the disappointment is when, well, I think... I think the practitioner really is disappointed when I get derailed again, but but the voices are what's beating me up when that that's happens. Right. That's a good distinction. And they're that's never going to give me credit for what I do do. Yeah. It's never going to be done. That's exactly right. Yeah, and I think that's a powerful insight to go, uh, something happens, and the first impulse that we're conditioned to do is to check what the voices want to say about it, and they have never anything good to say, right? And so... Yeah. Your, your sense of well-being doesn't come from consulting the voices at all, right? They're never right. going to say right. anything good. Yeah. But it yeah. also doesn't come from what you do 
which is an in- interesting thing. You just said, right, I did something that was tremendous and I still didn't feel good. The reason I don't yeah. feel good is because, as you said, I'm looking to the voices as to how this experience should feel. Your sense of yeah. well-being is, is based on being present. It, it's, it's unconditional, right? You are well-being. Right. And if I'm referencing right. that, then I'll be in well-being. And so to, do, to recognize what you've seen, right, as long as I'm, my attention is on the voices, it doesn't matter if I win the Pulitzer Prize. I will still <laughs> feel bad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, so I think it's right. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's that feeling bad that I keep trying to escape. So that's. Whoa. Oh, that's, that's so good to see. And you, you can't escape it, right, Kelsey? You that's have to right. redirect your attention to being here. And so that's why the yes. recorder is so good, because when you pick up the recorder and say, I'm feeling bad, and talk about what it is you're going through, you're facing yeah. the voices and seeing through how incapable they are of making you feel miserable if you don't listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I even got caught in one for a while that was just like, oh, I give up. But I was so clear. I mean, I was caught with it, but I was really clear. That's not me, and I'm not going to yes. give up. It took a few days, but it's like I'm not going to sit here with this. That's pointless. Okay. It just yeah. took a yeah. few days to get out of it. Exactly. And, and, yeah, and you, with great compassion, yeah, it took a couple of days this time. But last time it took me, you know, it, there's no sense of comparison. Only, the, only conditioned mind says you're on a clock. Kelsey, you've got 10 minutes and 15 seconds for, for <laughs> waking up and ending suffering. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Keep it posted. Helpful. All right. Thank All you, right. Ashwini. Take care. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Kelsey. And, uh, Ashwini, that sounded like a continuation of the Courage Show. <laughs> I know. Great, uh, it's just uh, so inspiring to me. It's uh, well, it's continuation of the Courage, right, Michael? But also for all of us to get the structure of the process, right? And Shelley said it uh, on the show this morning, right? We're not getting anywhere. Hmm. We're we're just here to see through everything that uh, we have to see through there's nothing wrong and we really get to have our experience of that over and over and over again we're not we're not we're not trying to get to a place of complete equanimity where we don't actually experience anything in life (laughs) that's not the point of awareness practice (laughs) you mean the flat line uh, goal (laughs) that's a flat line goal yes (laughs) The, the impossible flat line goal yes Yes, and it's just such an extraordinary privilege to to uh, to hear from everyone and to yeah. to experience sangha and what each person is seeing. And um, I'm trying to remember your quote now, Ashwini, that uh, intelligence manifests through all of these different uh, nodes of intelligence. Yeah, yeah, that we get reassured in the process that we're in, right? Because it's completely yes. fine. Where no one's ever going to tell you. Oh, because you are disidentified, you're a bad person, <laughs> right? Everyone's going to tell you, oh, you've got to decide. Just like 
it's that Alan Watts quote, right, uh, Michael, when, when the Hindu says, uh, when you go up to a Hindu and say, say you know, I, I've realized I'm God, and uh, the Hindu laughs and says, I knew that all along, you just realized. <laughs> right? Yes. It's yes. the same thing. No one's going to say you're disidentified and you're bad in this practice because mm-hmm. the whole process is to look at it and go, yeah, I, I, I realized I'm disidentified, and that was ego. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fabulous. All right, and we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Uh, hey, Michael and Ashwini, it's Diane. <clears throat> hey, Diane. Hey, Diane. Hey. Um, God, I almost got out of the queue, so um, this will be interesting. So my question that's been... Um, rattling around in my brain and maybe it's just indicative of you know wanting to wanting ego to be gone but my question arises because a lot of modern psychology talks about how the places where we really get hooked the places where we really suffer um when they talk about it in different ways but it's stored in the body and that, and that working with the body to unwind those places can help us, and some would say is the only path to uh, not constantly getting tripped up over the same sorts of things or in our language, getting identified over and over and over again in similar situations. And I'm wondering if you could speak to that. Well, you know, you know Diane, what is your experience? Well, my experience is that that can be very true. Um, yeah. That I have been really, you know, just in the last week, really caught up in um, something that wouldn't bother, I mean, I guess it always often works this way, something that wouldn't have bothered other people. But I could see that this was an old, old pattern. And I did some practices or a practice that really went, you know, I can't really describe it very well, but um, was body-based. It wasn't uh, a recording and listening, you know, what I'm hearing is this and what is really true is something else or, you know, any of our other uh, practices. And it was gone. I mean, my, my being very, very upset about that just didn't exist. Uh-huh. So... So then, then it's interesting to see, right, Dan? I mean, to me, the what awareness practice allows us to um, to see or bring awareness to is my process, right? So you had an experience, and something happened, and then the conditioned mind wants to go to uh, to what about it? So is it saying something like what are you what is what are the voices saying about that? 
Oh, it fed a very old story um, that causes suffering. Right, right. But the process I'm pointing at is, so so you were identified. Let me, uh, I'm projecting here. You were identified. You did a practice. The identification is gone, right? And then the voice starts up to say, okay, well, I have a question about that. So the way in which this thing was, thing went away was this way and it didn't go away with recording and listening and so what that means is and right there's a conversation about it that's the process that's interesting to see right yeah and and maybe maybe i'm still caught up in the same process you're encouraging me to take a closer look at but one was a yes, faster, well, easier way of just like yes, it was yes. gone rather than, yes. okay, I'm going to yeah. record and listen, I'm going to do right and left, and I'm exactly still right. going to be stuck in it. That's <laughs> and, exactly and, right. So you can – go ahead, go ahead. You're still going to be stuck in it. Go ahead. Yeah. So we're, what you can see is that the process – so I would project that the process that you're in is figuring it out, wanting it to be black and white, there's an interest in it being easy, in it being over. Uh, all of those things that, the, voice, that the, the process language points us to is the process I'm in, right? And so then that's, that's the place to explore. That's the place to bring awareness to. It, rather than, and to recognize what wants the answer, right? Uh, is it this way or is it this way? Because if it's this way, then I know something that I know something that I could do in order to end this. And there you go into the conditional. There you go into knowledge. There you go into conditioned mind. And it may work that way. It may not work that way. Next, tomorrow you do the same practices and it doesn't go that way. You record and listen, it goes away, right? And so that, 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 process that keeps us from being in continuous presence, experience, exploration, in the moment, learning in every moment. That is what that conditioned process is interrupting. Okay. And now I go back to, I'm going to have to listen to this again. I think I see part of what you're pointing to. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's not about wanting it necessarily to be easy, but it's certainly about, I don't want to get, keep getting tripped up over these same things yeah. over yeah. and over it, and over again. It doesn't serve anybody. It, it doesn't serve anybody, and yet it happens, right? Yeah, but if there's a way to unwind it for, from its root, I'm, in, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> that, that's right. And so, the, so what we're interested in is believing. It is the belief that I have that there is a root, that it is real, it has to be unwound, it will be done, and, and continuing to explore that. Right, and so so there's there's um, there's a way in which 
uh, it doesn't necessarily, so, so where I was going with that really, right, Diana, is I get to, it's all about control at some level, and ego is always about control. I want the universe to be this particular way, and if it's not that particular way, I want to change it. And we want to explore where that comes from because the way things are often uh, don't change, but I have to change in order to be with the way things are. And so if I'm caught in a process that doesn't allow me to be with how things are, then I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to be in suffering because the one thing I get with a lot of experience in my life is I don't have a choice about how life arises. No, of course. We don't have a choice about what... Yeah, that's right. What's arising? We just have a choice about you know, ideally, <laughs> if we're present, right. we have a choice about what it is, you know, now what? Yeah. Okay, this happened, now, now what? Now what? That's right. Yeah. So it's just, a, it's just an interesting place to explore, right? It's uh, what am I exactly, where exactly am I stuck? And the conditioning presents the stuck in a particular way. And I want to explore the fact that it's being presented to me in that way, which actually defines the box within which I operate. So if I'm aware of the process that I'm being boxed in by, then I actually have a choice. If I'm not, a, if I'm not aware of the process that I'm being boxed in by, I actually don't have any choice except the one that's given to me. Yeah, and I guess, well, and maybe maybe I'm talking in circles, but if there is a way so that you don't get, you simply, you don't have to go through all that process of understanding, you unwind it at a more root level. Because there's so much that I understand. It's like, okay, I can see exactly what I'm ha- what's happening. I've been here before. It's this and this and this and this. And then I feel this way because I'm told that. And I go through that ad nauseum. Like, okay, well, here, you know, here I am. I'm in the same process over and over and over again. And if if there's a way to sidestep that process by addressing it at another level, then. Well, the but maybe I'm just saying the same Diana thing is, over again. Yes. Well. Well. Let's. I, I. Let's. You know. Listening to the conversation again would be helpful. And yeah. here's the good news: you can have your experience. You could try this, and then you could try this, and then you'll find out. Right? There's nothing that says you cannot. Uh, you cannot try something and have your own experience. Yes, which is one of the delightful things about Buddhism. It doesn't, it says, what's your experience? Rather than giving you dogma that you're supposed to believe. Right, and that's the principle that I was pointing at, right? That the process that that you you were in looking at it was looking for an answer. An absolute and we always want to be conscious when we're in that process. That's all. 
Okay. Well, I'll listen to this again, and I may, I may call and in call Chapter me. Two of my Please. question. Yes, definitely. We keep looking at it. Keep looking at it. Doesn't satisfy ego, but boy, does it satisfy us. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Diane. Thanks for joining us, Diane. And Ashwini, we are just about at the top of the hour here. And so well, that I was a wide and very true. Yes. Yes, a lot of courage, a lot of exploration, and um, a lot of inspiration for me from this fabulous saga. Yeah, likewise. All right. Well, Thanks, thank Ashwini. And go happy. Go happy. <laughs>